Well, since I'm freshly ordained and a reverend, I guess that means one to be revered, I have to talk about money, right? Gotta talk about money. Money is, is what all pastors talk about all the time. Isn't that true? You fall into the theology pit. All of deep You fall in the theology pit. everyone, welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology Out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with a bottomless pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, pastor, Reverend Samson Kovach, coming back to you again with another episode of The Theology Pit. And today, we're going to talk about money. That's right, we're going to be talking about lots of money. What do we do with money? Okay. Um, and, and, and this, I know it, it sounds kind of funny because it's like, I don't think on this show I have ever talked about money before, like ever, but now that I'm ordained and it's just like, pass the plate, you gotta, gotta get the money, gotta get the money. It's like, wow, the stereotypical, you know, uh, caricature of a pastor, you know, give me money, uh, type thing. But there's something that happened this week that I think that we need to talk about within the stock market and, you know, everything that, um, occurred. And from a Christian point of view, what are we supposed to do with this? Like, how are we supposed to react to this? Because there are Christians that fall on um, different uh, thoughts, and especially historically, about what to do with money. Some of them hold to a, a principle that um, usury laws are um, unchristian, that they're unbiblical, that they, they should not exist. And what usury laws are is that it's basically you are allowed to charge interest on the money that you lend out. Okay. So it gives money intrinsic value. Some people have said through history that, you know, scripture teaches that, uh, you are not to charge interest when you lend money to somebody. Okay. They're just to pay it back, you know, whatever, whenever they can, maybe, or maybe there's a time limit set on it, but that, you know, they return what they have borrowed. Okay. And, and, you know, no more, but there are other Christians that say, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, you are allowing people to have your property for a certain reason. Um, and so therefore everything that is gained from that you know, from, from that use of it should be yours. Okay. For example, um, you know, if you use usury laws in the same way they use servitude or slavery in the old Testament, you know, you have passages where, um, you know, if, if you have a slave and, um, you know, they marry another one of your slaves and they're living under your roof. And then the children that are born are not born free. Okay, they're born into slavery. So what this is, even though you know we're we're talking about you know servitude of people, and this is is different from like you know uh, um, like uh, the world slavery uh, from you know the uh, I guess geez, I want to say the last four hundred years because that's how we think of it in America, but really you know for a long time for um, you know the way that uh, slaves were treated for like let's say the last thousand years, okay, as just having no 
um, no rights at all, no protections. And in the Old Testament, you see that you know slaves have a lot of rights and a lot of protections, and they have the ability uh, to buy their way out or um, the year of jubilee to be completely released from their bondage. Okay, and there and there are other issues that went into that. But my point that I'm making here is that. If you have um, servants and slaves, they're an investment. You've purchased them, okay? And so the, the offspring that would come from them, for you to retain them, that would be a form of usury, okay? So this usury is um, that you, you have something that then over time there is a value associated with it because of an increase, it's a natural biological increase, um, and then you get to you get to keep that. Um, so I'm, maybe this sounds a little bit harsh. We we could we could go into like livestock, but it's it's roughly the same thing. So you had the same thing with like with Jacob, um, and uh, when he was uh, you know working to. Um, you know, reap the rewards from his uncle of like how many sheep he would get, um, you know, the blemished ones or the unblemished ones, you know, the ones with spots or the ones that were, that were clean. Um, but basically it was, if you care for this and there is an increase, you will be paid out of that increase. You will, there, there will be, a, uh, there's a, a surplus, a monetary value that, that comes from that. Well, this just spills over into, um, the, the time and the money being worth something because that money could be put or instead of having, you know, like tangible uh, metal currency in your hands, you could transform that into livestock. Okay. And then there would be an increase. Okay. But if that livestock was trans was, you know, turned into that currency, the tangible currency, it's difficult to make the argument that it doesn't have the same type of intrinsic value at that moment. And therefore, using that um, to allow somebody else to borrow it to then you know, buy the livestock and then multiply that livestock and then pay you back without a representation of the increase that they had made from borrowing it from you in the first place. I think that that would be an error and that that would be an overreach. And I don't think that, you know, scripture makes the case against all forms of usury. Okay. There, there can be cases of, um, abuse of it, um, unlawful use of it. Uh, you know, but if you're not forced into it, uh, it is like a buyer beware type thing. I mean, l l let's think about it from our modern perspective here. Okay. We, you have credit cards. There's some credit cards out there that, um, especially store credit that can be up around, you know, 29%, 29% interest on your purchases. That's, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, that is, some people want to say that that type of stuff is like a form of predatory lending. Um, but the thing is, uh, you can get out of it, you know, I mean, even though it's difficult to do. And when you're in college, um, you know, there are people there that are set up to give you credit cards as a kid, you know, and you know, it's not the best decision and they're, they're 
counting on you being naive, naive about money. And so they do this. Now, as, uh, uh, you know, that could be considered predatory, I suppose. But, you know, teach your children about usury laws and about um, lending practices and about credit. And, you know, the slogan that, you know, gold is the currency of kings. Uh, silver is the currency of you know citizens. And credit is the currency of slaves. Because credit keeps you in debt. And as Christians, we're to be good stewards over what God has entrusted to us. And so, because we're to be good stewards over what God has entrusted to us, everything is God's and he's entrusted um, some of it to us. And then we increase that in what he's given us and we give him a portion back, a a small portion back in, in our tithes and in our offerings. If you hold to the practice of tithing, if not, um, then you uh, you do hold to the practice of of giving um, of your offerings. So that it, it doesn't matter. I don't want anybody to get hung up on the on the tithe word because um, I mean, it, technically, you can beat the tithe if you want. Um, if you give eleven percent, technically, you're not tithing anymore because a tithe is a tenth. Um, and so you know, it's just out of of what you want to give, what you feel led to give um, to your church, to the ministries um, that are going on. And so, as Christians, we are to be mindful of our conduct, mindful of our spending, and mindful of the way that we handle money and the way that we talk about money. And we don't like to talk about money just in polite conversation. We don't, we don't talk about our salaries, you know, uh, we don't, and, and that's, that's kind of interesting right now with, with the job that I have. Many people know my salary. Many people know what I make, um, where, you know, when I worked in other places, like you just, you just don't talk about that. You don't talk about how much you made. And people get kind of weird over um, just money stuff in general. I remember one time somebody, um, they just bought a house. And um, they're having kind of a housewarming party. And somebody asked them, how much did you pay for this? And they didn't want to answer. They were like, well, you know, I I don't feel comfortable talking about that. And the person was like, why? It's in the public domain. Like, I can just go look it up. Like, I can just, you know call down the courthouse or go down the courthouse or go on the courthouse website for the county and like look up like the history of the the purchase of this house in the in you know in the property deeds and I can find out exactly what you paid for it and who your lending company is like you know if you didn't pay cash um so it's public knowledge but people just have this thing about talking about money as though it's it's you know, a, a taboo subject. It's not something that that Christians should speak about. And actually, we really should. We should talk about money a lot in church. We should talk about, you know, what it means to be good stewards. This is a spiritual discipline that we have as Christians to handle our money, to care for our money. Are you, you know, spending more than you're making? Are you in debt? Do you need to get out of debt? Like, you know, why are you in debt? Like, you know, What's going on? I mean, there's there's a lot of superfluous expenses that I myself have that I really don't need. Um, I have them out of convenience, but I don't really need them. I mean, 
honestly, we just recently, this past year, got rid of our landline. Okay, I've had a landline, my own landline, myself, that I've paid for uh, since I was 18 years old. 18 years old. So that's what, 30, oh my goodness, 30 years? Well, not, not quite 30 years, but about 26 years, something like that. 26 years of having that, of having a, a landline, of paying every single month, every single month paying a company for a landline. I got my first cell phone in... 2000. So technically, by that point, um, you know, for 21 years, I paid for two phone services when I could have gotten rid of one very easily. And then, of course, my wife <clears throat> got a cell phone and, uh, you know, and she had one. I think we got her. So I can't remember exactly when she got her, her first cell phone, but it wasn't long after that. Like I, I was, you know, a, a salesman for a radio station at the time. So having the cell phone was, you know, uh, work related a lot. And it was, it was an expense in that way. But, uh, even when I stopped, um, in the sales department, I stopped the sale. I, I continued to keep the cell phone and, and to pay for it and became this extra bill. Didn't need it. I, I honestly didn't need it. But once my wife got a cell phone and I had a cell phone, now we have three lines that we're paying for. And we didn't need to. Like, we only needed one, you know, or we only needed two. We needed hers and mine, and we could, you know, contact each other. And, you know, that was good enough. Um, but we kept that third one. We didn't need it. Extra expense. Maybe we aren't being good stewards of our money. Okay. Um, some cable packages that we have out there were just outrageous, you know, but anyways, um, we finally got rid of the landline and we, we have a couple of extra cell phone lines because we want our kids to, um, be in contact with us and it, it, it helps us to be able to track them, you know, when, when they're out and about and like doing stuff. Um, so we look at that as good, but, uh, we, we did want them to be able just to just memorize one number when they were younger that was, you know, part of our reasoning for the landline, but we got rid of cable in, oh, I want to say, I mean, I actually got rid of it in like 2006, um, because we didn't need it. I, I, I or we, we drastically reduced our cable package. Cause I think our cable package, uh, when we moved, we kept it like extremely basic and it was like $14 a month. So we were like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll pay 14 bucks and just get regular stuff. But as the, you know, times changed with, um, with the cable bill, uh, you know, we said it's, it's just not worth it, you know? And internet was, was a, a big issue too. That was another bill that came in. And, and technically you don't need like any of this stuff to live, but this is what we have. But borrowing and lending money uh, is a big issue. And, and that's what I want to talk about on the other side of this break here. The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. 
Now let's get back to the show. So in the New Testament, in the um, the parable that Jesus gives about the um, the man who went on the journey, the parable of the talents, okay? And I, I did a sermon on this and I, I forget what I calculated out to. It was a lot of money that each each servant was given. Um, so the the parable reads like this. For it is like a man going on a journey who summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them to one five talents to another two and another and to another one each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The one who had received five talents went off right away and put his money to work and gained five more. In the same way, the one who had gained, who had two, gained two more. But the one who had received one talent went out, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money in it. After a long time, the master of those slaves came to settle his accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came and brought five more, saying, Sir, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master answered, Well done, good and faithful slave. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one with the two talents came and said, Sir, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master answered, Well done, good and faithful slave. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of two more. Uh, I will put you in charge of many things. Uh, Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received one talent came and said, Sir, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered, Evil and lazy slave, so you knew that I harvest where I didn't sow and gather where I didn't scatter? Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received the money back with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to one who has ten, for the one who has will be given more, and he will have more than enough. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless slave into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there's there's a lot of principles in here that, that we can look at. And a lot of interesting things. First off, it's not like, you know, the master came and actually took all of his money back. He left it with the slaves because he said, you know, the one who has 10, give it to him. Give the talent to the one who has 10. Which one has 10? The one that had five and earned five. It's not like the master came and took it all back and said, you know what? The one who did earn the most, give it to him and let him double it more. No, that he's continuing to, to watch over it. Uh, because there is an increase that is going on. Jesus doesn't seem to have a problem with um, multiplying uh, wealth, with multiplying money. Also, the positive thing here, if if we need to, you know, kind of pick up on it, is with the bankers. Okay, in verse twenty-seven, I'm reading out of Matthew twenty-five. In case anybody wants to look it up, Matthew twenty-five. So verse twenty-seven says. Um, you know, you should have deposited my money with the bankers. Well, why? What did the bankers do? Well, they were in the practice of usury, okay? They were in the practice of lending money to people, and then um, for an interest over a period of time, they would recoup it back. Now, why would Jesus 
in in this answer in in this parable talking about a good you know master a, a good master that treats people good have him engaging in a blatant sinful activity or saying that you should engage in a sinful activity which is usury he doesn't say that because he gives a positive you know you give my money to the bankers and on my return i would have received my money back with interest because of the usury laws okay and so you know there is a, a way that you can use your money and gain interest now we can do that with banks today you know so we would have banks that have um you know lending practices with um with interest and the way that generally works is um you know when you take a loan out from the bank um they charge you a percentage of that okay they might charge you like let's say you borrow $25,000 from your bank and you have a good credit rating and they give it to you at Two and a half, three percent interest. Okay, and this is going to be over a five-year period. So the contract um, that the bank has made with you is that you will pay them over a five-year period with interest. So if you borrow twenty-five thousand, you probably owe like you know twenty-eight thousand five hundred, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably an overestimate, but you know, 28,000, let's just say that you owe them another like 3000. And a lot of times the first, so many payments are to, uh, the interest on the account. Okay. It doesn't go to the principal. It goes to the interest and you can, you could pay more and say, I want this to go towards the principal. Um, but you, you owe, you know, so much for that. Um, and any, you know, any type of loan that that's how that works, you know, any type of credit card payment, like that's how, that's how that's generally working. A lot of it is going towards the interest and a little bit towards the principal. And I've seen people, Christians, older people that did not understand this, this concept at all. Like, and they got mad about it. I saw it on Facebook. There was one lady who she was angry at, um, whatever the lending company was because, you know, she was going to be going like to visit her daughters in Florida and she would be away from her house for like three months. And so she left, but she wanted to get her, um, you know, her, her affairs in order before she left, of course. And so what she did was she paid three months ahead on whatever this loan was. And she just multiplied the payment by three and sent it into them. And when she got back home, she had a letter, you know, from them because she was gone for three months that she was two months past due and that this was the, uh, you know, the, the second notice that she had received for being past due. And she had penalties that, you know, she had to pay because she hadn't made payments in a couple months and she was irate. And she called them and said, I paid three times as much that month to do that, you know, to cover this. And they said, ma'am, all that did, you just, you overpaid, which covered the interest and just went to your principal. 
You did not pay according to the contract that she signed. And she couldn't understand that. She couldn't understand that her contract stipulated this. And she was just mad and thought, you know what? These are the bankers trying to screw me over and blah, blah, blah. And I hate banking systems and I hate the bankers and they're just trying to keep me down and, you know, all this stuff. And this is and and this is the problem with with people that don't understand finances and don't understand money and don't understand banking this is how they relate to it they say you know these people are just trying to take advantage of me and it's like no you agreed to that contract you agreed to that particular um thing that's going on the, those payment plans so therefore that's what you owe that is what you need to do. It says you pay every month, you pay every month. You don't make up the rules as you go on unless you directly called them, got a, a an agreement with them in writing that says over the next few months, because I'm going to be out of town, this is how I'm going to be paid. You know, I'm, I'm going to pay this and, and this is what happened. And they'd probably be more than happy to... Um, you know, to help you out with that. They're not, you know, they, they just want their money and, you know, and, and agree, you know, the terms that, that you'd agreed to. There's nothing you know sinister about that. There's nothing crazy about that. And so, you know, with Christians and with what happened in the stock market, um, you know, people watch with GameStop, you know, a lot of people had that attitude of, you know what, good. All these billionaires and hedge fund managers and everything, they're losing all of this money and they deserve to because, you know, we hate Wall Street and we hate bankers. And, you know, and, and that's unfair. That type of hatred shouldn't be in your heart. Number one, as a Christian. Number two, you don't understand banking practices. Okay. Because you don't understand banking and lending practice and, um, you know, stocks and those sort of things, uh, you think that this is going to hurt them. I hate to break it to you, but this doesn't hurt billionaires at all. If you are worth, you know, $3 billion, first off, none of them are like Scrooge McDuck with a giant like money tower where they just swim around in their money all the time. It's, it's in investments, it's in companies, it's in other things, you know, um, they have it in, uh, you know, actually out there working, actually making jobs. Okay. So if you're worth $3 billion and this happens and, you know, you look at your, your, let's say you own a hedge fund or whatever, and, you know, your hedge fund in a day lost, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars. Okay. That sucks. Um, you look at that and you're like, oh, well, let's, let's work to, to minimize the losses and, and make it a little less painful. And so you work to do that by, you know, buying and selling the shares, buying back it at, at a bigger price. Now, this is a loss that goes on your books. You can write it off, um, you know, later on. Uh, you're, you're probably going to make that money back a lot quicker. If it's big enough, uh, you just file bankruptcy and then you reincorporate. You just get it off your books and you reincorporate. Um, so the company technically lost money, but you didn't because a lot of people, it's not like they're, uh, you're not a billionaire because you're stupid with money practices. If I had that much money and I was investing in things, I would form an LLC, a, a limited liability corporation, okay, to where the liability would be on the corporation. If I dissolve the corporation, then the debt goes with that thing that I dissolve, not with me. I'm protected from it, okay? These people are protected. Like, it's not, they're, they're not, you know, uh, out there going, oh, now I have to, uh, now I'm homeless. It doesn't work like that. The only people that it did screw over real bad 
were the small time people who were legitimately shorting GameStop because it it you know it's not a good company it's a it's 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 an outdated model it's going to go under it's it's like Blockbuster it's like you know Nokia's and stuff you know the other ones that um, that happened I don't think Blockbuster was in there but anyways the the point is is that it was a legitimate trade to say, I think that this is going to go under. And then what happened was the price skyrocketed. Their level of debt went, you know, potentially infinite. The banks, then the lending, the lenders came and said, we don't think that your account can actually handle this. And because it can't handle this and you've moved into borrowing on margin, which means borrowing from the the bank itself, um, they're doing what's called a liquidation margin call, where they are saying, by the end of close, you have to pay this back. And if you can't, then you are under financial obligation to, you are not protected, we can sue you and take everything that you have. That is where people got in trouble. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at thetheologypit.com. That's samson, spelled S-A-M-S-O-N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. And so because they got in trouble doing that, that's who it hurts. So you put a lot of people, you wiped out their savings, you wiped out their pension, you wiped out their retirement, you you destroyed a portion of the middle class because you thought you were sticking it to the man because you don't understand lending practices. And I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but it's definitely time to close down the pit on this. Follow me on Patreon for a more detailed follow-up of what's happening with this and some of the bad government practices that are allowed to occur that allow this stuff to happen. This and more on the next Theology Pit. Theology Pit.